are listening to Nightlight. Hi, and a warm welcome to another Nightlight podcast in which we are going to look at some of the prophecies in the Bible that are related to the end times. My guest on the show, once again, is Joseph Candell, also known as End Time Joe. Nice to have you with us once again, Joe. Thank you for inviting me back to your show. It's always a privilege to uh, do a show with you. Joe, today I've invited you to teach about one of the most amazing prophecies in the Bible, usually referred to as the 70 weeks of Daniel. Maybe you could start by explaining what it is and where it's found. Well, let's uh, first of all read the verse from Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. It says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and seal up the vision and prophecy, and anoint the most holy. Joe, just let me interrupt you, and just for our listeners, you could clarify that 70 weeks, those weeks are not a traditional seven days in a week week, right? Right. Actually, here, each week is equal to seven years, or when it says 70 weeks, we're talking about 490 years and and not weeks. And there's an example in this, just to to back up uh, what I'm saying. And For example, in Genesis 29-27, it says, Fulfill her week, and we will give thee this also for the service, which thou shalt serve with me yet seven years other year. So there's an example where Jacob wanted to marry Rachel, but he had to fulfill seven years, but, and it was related to his one fulfill her week. Right, Joe. So 70 weeks would be 70 times seven, which would be 490 years. And if I remember correctly, we know that the 490 years has not yet been completed because it says in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, uh, which you're talking about, that 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness. And whereas reconciliation for iniquity was accomplished by Jesus at the crucifixion, everlasting righteousness is not going to happen until Jesus' second coming, during the millennium, when righteousness shall cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. Yes. Now, let's go down to verse 25, as this begins to show us how this 490 years will be fulfilled. Okay, Daniel 9.25 says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. Well, Joe, when in history was the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem? Using the the solar present calendar that we use, that there's 365 and a quarter days in a year, the going forth of the commandment, it was uh, given in 454 B.C. Right. The first seven weeks, again, remember a week equals seven years, so the first 49 years of that prophecy, the 77th prophecy, 49 of those years was to restore and, and to rebuild 
uh, Jerusalem. Right, and you can read about that in the books of Nehemiah and Ezra, who were the guys in charge of rebuilding Jerusalem, which was commanded by the Persian king Cyrus. When they did rebuilt the temple and built the wall and streets, that was in Cyrus in 516, allowed the Jews to return to Jerusalem. And just as an illustration of the accuracy of Bible prophecy, wasn't Cyrus himself specifically named a couple of hundred years earlier in a prophecy in the book of Isaiah? Yes, in Isaiah chapter 44, uh, verse 28, and this is a prophecy about him. It even mentions his, him by name, and this was like 200 years earlier. And that says, That saith of Cyrus, He is my shepherd, and shall perform all my pleasure, even saying to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be built, and to thy temple thy foundation shall be laid. That was a prophecy, and that exactly Cyrus uh, fulfilled that prophecy on letting the Jews return, and they rebuilt the, the city and the wall, and also the temple. And it took them seven weeks or 49 years. Yes, it was 49 years took him to uh, complete that. So then, as we continue on, you know, the street was built again. Well, and they had troublous times because, if you remember, they had to kind of build the wall with one hand and have a weapon next to them in the other because they were trying to attack the Jews from rebuilding the wall. That's right. And to being set up again, you know, as a people there because of the past. Now, if we go on to verse 26, Daniel 9:26. It says, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. Joe, for those whose language is not English, it's not their first language, how much is three score? It's uh, uh, 60. Score is 20. So if you have three score, it's 60 and two, two weeks. It's 62 weeks, or in this case, it is 434 years. Which is 62 times seven. Yes. So it's 434 years, and it says that Messiah would be cut off. So in 30 AD, around 30 AD, most uh, Bible scholars and historians say that Jesus was, you know, was crucified in 30 AD. Or some say 31, some say 29, but let's just say around 30 AD. So when Jesus was crucified, he fulfilled the rest of that prophecy partially. In other words, we see 69 sevens, or times it, it's 483 years that have been fulfilled. This has already been fulfilled when the commandment was given in 454 and the rebuilding of Jerusalem and then Messiah Jesus being cut off in 30 AD. That fulfilled 483 years of this prophecy. Right. But the prophecy said there would be 490 years. So at this point in time, we haven't had that seventh that last year, the last seven years, has not been fulfilled yet. Nightlight. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. And you're with a special end time edition of Nightlight. Once again, speaking with Joseph Candell, also known as End Time Joe. And we are unraveling the mysteries of the prophet Daniel's famous 70-week prophecy, which you'll find in Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 
through 27. Joe, anything else you want to say about verses 24 to 26 before we go on to verse 27? Yes, and one more point I'd like to bring out about Daniel 9, verse 26, is that it says there, The people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with the flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. So it's important to note that in, in 70 AD, the Romans came in and destroyed the second temple That's right. that was built. They completely destroyed, under General Titus, they completely destroyed the temple. There was not one stone left upon another. Now, it's interesting to note that Jesus foretold this event in 30 AD. Yes. And it happened 40 years later in 78 AD. If you look at Matthew 24, chapter 24, verse 1 and 2, it says, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And verse 2, he says, And Jesus said to him, See not all these things? Verily I send to you, there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. So that was fulfilled 40 years later. So since 70 AD, there has not been a temple. And during that time in 70 AD, the Jews were scattered out of Jerusalem. They, they were either crucified on crosses, and a lot of them were taken away prisoners, and, and a lot of the Jews fled for their lives. So basically, Jerusalem, Israel, all the Jews were scattered out. Right. So after 70 AD. So that was the last time that your Jews really practiced the religion, you know, with the second temple. And so that has been destroyed, and we haven't seen a Jewish temple since 70 AD when it was destroyed. And Joe, that was another amazing fulfillment of Bible prophecy that not one stone of the temple was left standing on another because when the Romans burnt the temple, the gold inlaid in the walls, on the roof or wherever, melted, ran down between the cracks of the stones, which the Romans then pulled apart, literally stone by stone, so that they could harvest the gold. Very good point, and, and that's exactly what happened. So there we have the temple was destroyed, the Jews were scattered, and then so to sort of bring it up to date very quickly, well, in uh, 1917, we had the, uh, what was it, the Balfour Declaration, so the Jews started to get to uh, go back to Jerusalem, and then of course we see that in May 14th, 1948, Israel became a nation once again. So, which is quite an amazing thing to happen after being scattered in 70 AD. And, of course, there was a, you know, prophecy did say, Ezekiel 38.8 talks about how the Jews would return to Israel and that Israel would become a nation once again. This is how, has already been fulfilled. Nightlight, keeping you in tune with the times. All right, let's go on to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Okay, well, let's just take the first half of verse 27. Uh, it's talking about another one week. So this week is separated from the other 69 weeks by over 2,000 years of world history. How do we know that, Joe? How do we know that this last week of the 70 weeks didn't just 
follow directly on from the 69 weeks? Well, we know, again, the, the rebuilding of Jerusalem was uh, 49 years, seven weeks or, you know, the interpretation, 49 years. And then Jesus was cut off in 30 AD and that, that fulfilled 69 sevens of that prophecy. And then now we have in Daniel 9.27 and he, and the he is referring to the prince who is to come. And we know that the prince to come is the Antichrist because as we look in Daniel 11.21 and verse 22 and verse 23, if you read that, if go ahead and read that and it lays that out about the covenant because it's also mentioned about the prince of the covenant and a league which is also many Bible scholars referred to it as a covenant and when you get to Daniel 11:21 to 45 that's all talking about the end time shall I read it all if you read 21 to 23 it would be good it says and in his estate shall stand up a vile person to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. And with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown from before him and shall be broken, yea, also the prince of the covenant. And after the league made with him, he shall work deceitfully, for he shall come up and shall become strong with a small people." This is talking about the Antichrist, right, Joe? Exactly. You see him pop up there in Daniel chapter 11, verse 21, and he even calls him the Prince of the Covenant. And after a league made with him, he shall work deceitfully. So many, many Bible scholars, including myself, believe that this league is quite possibly talking about the covenant. Yes, I agree. And the reason I, I, I say this and other end-time students who believe the same thing, please read verse 28 because it talks about the covenant we read about in Daniel 9.27 and also as we see the league that was made in verse 23, also talking about the prince of the covenant. Now read verse 28 and verse 30. Then shall he return into his land with great riches, and his heart shall be against the holy covenant, and he shall do exploits and return to his own land. Verse 30, for the ships of Chittim shall come against him. Therefore he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the holy covenant. So shall he do. He shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the holy covenant. Okay, and, and going back to Daniel 9.27, as you read, he shall confirm the covenant with many for seven years, right? So that's what it says. Now this covenant, it seems that it will possibly and probably have two aspects to it. One, it will possibly be a peace treaty in the Middle East. Maybe there's a war that breaks out between the Jews and Hezbollah and Hamas and, you know, Syria, big conflict. And the Antichrist comes on the world scene. You know, he has a plan. And what they decide to do, like in Daniel 9.27, it says, He, the Antichrist, shall confirm the covenant for seven years. The reason it's called the Holy Covenant, because it has to do with religion. Yes. Possibly... Under the covenant, they're going to internationalize Jerusalem. And the, the Jews and the Christians and the Muslims and possibly other faiths, they'll be allowed to worship in Jerusalem. It's like Jerusalem will become the uh, religious capital of the world. Right. And under the covenant, under the seven-year covenant, the Jews will be allowed to rebuild their third 
temple. And again, remember the second temple was destroyed in 70 AD. So under the covenant, they will be allowed to rebuild their temple and also they will be able to reinstitute their animal sacrifices. Now this will all be happening during the first three and a half years of this seven year covenant. But that's why they call it a holy covenant because it has to do with religion. It has to do with the Jewish religion yes. and their building of the temple and, and reinstating their daily sacrifices. And, and if you go to the Temple Institute website, uh, you, you get all this information how they're, they're already ready to go. They got all the building materials. They got the sacred vessels. The priests are trained to do the daily animal sacrifices. They're working out so they, you know, Jews all over the world can send donations for the operation of their daily, you know, temple worship that they do. So it's like they're all ready to go. So it's like you see, although it hasn't happened yet, the covenant hasn't happened yet, but you see there's a fulfillment being acted out you know it's a preliminary stages but you see it going in that direction where the jews will be allowed to rebuild their temple probably under the covenant that when it starts to last seven years joe i was in jerusalem filming a documentary about the coming third jewish temple i went into the temple institute and they have on display all of the priests garments and the ceremonial paraphernalia they need for the daily sacrifice in the Jewish temple, which is already designed. They've got the altar made, and they're good to go. Yes, they're ready to go. To me, it's just another more evidence that, you know, it's coming, how, you know, when they're going to sign the covenant, when this uh, rebuilding of the temple started. I, you know, we don't have a time frame for it yet, but we see it moving in that direction. Slowly but surely, it's moving in that direction. Signs of the Times. Okay, so we're talking about the last week of Daniel's 70-week prophecy, and this is the last seven years preceding the second coming of Jesus Christ, right? And this is the seven-year rule and reign of the Antichrist. He comes into power as the mastermind of a seven-year treaty or covenant that brings a measure of peace to the Middle East and under which the Jews are allowed to build their temple and resume their daily sacrifice. But then, after three and a half years, smack in the middle of his seven-year reign, the Antichrist scraps and breaks the covenant that he himself initiated. Is that right, Joe? Please read uh, Daniel chapter 11, verse 31, and that it covers exactly what you just said. Daniel eleven thirty-one, And arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and they shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. So, Joe, this is talking about taking away the Jewish daily ritual sacrifice of animals that's been going on in the Jewish temple, which must have been built somewhere in the first three and a half years of the Antichrist's seven-year reign. 
Exactly. As soon as they sign the covenant, the seven-year covenant, many that sign it, including uh, Israel, they'll probably immediately start rebuilding the temple. And it shouldn't take them too long. Some believe the, it'll take about mm, 195 days possibly. But that's the sanctuary of strength. That's referring to the rebuilt Jewish temple. And of course, once the temple is built, that they, then they will do the daily animal sacrifices. It'll be big news. Like, you know, when the temple's finished and they have their first day of sacrifice, I believe they're going to have just a, a massive celebration. I'm sure. And then everybody in the whole world will see this on TV that, you know, the Jews are, you know, they're starting their religion and their animal sacrifices and, you know, all that that's going on. So that will be a big thing. But in the middle of that, he breaks that covenant and then they place the, something called the abomination of desolation. Now, Jesus talked about Daniel chapter 11, verse 31. He, he covers that in his Matthew chapter 24 in time lesson that he was teaching his disciples and just to highlight this in Matthew 24 3 he says and he sat upon the Mount of Olives and the disciples came unto him privately saying tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and end of the world okay so this is sets the stage the disciples are asking when is the end of this age you know when is the end of the world coming and of course, you know, he tell the nation arising against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and the, you know, be pestilence, and the gospel shall be preached in all the world for it wins to all nations, and then shall the end come. So, he, you know, and watch out for false prophets and blah, blah, blah. So the Lord gets into all that. But then, verse 15, here's what he says Matthew 24, 15. He says, When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. So you see the rebuilt, you know, the holy place, standing in the holy is the rebuilt temple. When we see this, then this is what we're experiencing. Verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. That's what Jesus said. When we see that, abomination of desolation in the, the temple that's rebuilt on the Jewish uh, we don't know if it's going to be inside the temple or on the temple grounds but when we see that happen when the Antichrist breaks the covenant then that as you read starts the great tribulation and uh, the false prophet who's the Antichrist chief aide uh, you know who deceives the world he's going to make an image to the Antichrist and then he'll put, they'll put it on the, in the side of the rebuilt Jewish temple. We don't know exactly what that might be. Some suggest the possibility of it being a, you know, artificial android that looks just like a, look just like the Antichrist. You know, he'll have art, maybe have artificial intelligence, but it'll be like he's human, that he's alive. And then, of course, the idea there is that the, uh, the world will have to uh, worship it. Revelations chapter 13, verse 14 and 15 gets into more detail of this very important aspect of the Great Tribulation. Revelations chapter 13, verse 14 and 15. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. So this is talking about the false prophet, right? False prophet, yeah, it's a false prophet now. Saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak 
and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So the image of the beast obviously is the same as the abomination of desolation, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And so that's uh, that will be happening uh, when they when the Antichrist breaks the seven year covenant and the the false prophet, who's also very powerful, he says he has the same power as the Antichrist, but he's the one. He's like the propaganda manager for the Antichrist. He's promoting the Antichrist. You know, he's the one that's behind building the image of the Antichrist in this uh, in this uh, android or you know whatever technology that will end up to be so that is that is exactly what's happening shine bright in the dark night you're listening to nightlight joe we've been talking about the prophecies in daniel and revelation that talk about the image of the beast the abomination of desolation the antichrist the seven-year covenant the third Jewish temple, it all seems very plain and obvious, and it's what we've believed and taught for many years, not just us, but thousands of Bible prophecy teachers. And yet now, in these last few years, they're popping up some few teachers who are trying to put all of this in the past. that was all fulfilled way back in history, that there's going to be no Jewish temple, no last seven years, no abomination of desolation. Uh, that doesn't sound right, does it? Uh, absolutely right. It, it doesn't make any sense at all. Again, when we have questions like that or, or some kind of doctrines like that are presented, it's, it's always good, again, to go right to the foundation of the word on Bible prophecy like we have been doing in this show. And in Daniel 8.11, it comes out very clear. It says, Yea, he, pinpointing to the Antichrist, magnified himself even to the prince of the host and by him was the daily sacrifice taken away and the place of the sanctuary was cast down now when it says the place of his sanctuary was cast down it doesn't mean that the antichrist is going to destroy the temple but rather he's going to occupy it himself because it says in second thessalonians 2 4 it says, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So he, what he's doing, he's desecrating or polluting the temple by sitting in it and saying that he's God. And he abolishes all religions, not only Christianity or Judaism, all religions will be um, illegal. And we go on to Daniel 8.12. Would you like to read that, Daniel 8.12? Daniel 8.12. And an host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression. And it cast down the truth to the ground, and it practiced and prospered. So here again, another word the, by the daily sacrifice. Notice he casts the truth to the ground. You know, what did Jesus say in John 17.17? 17? Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. So obviously during this time, it'll be illegal to have Bibles. It'll be illegal to have Christian literature or any other religious literature because he cast the truth to the ground. And he, he's saying that he's God and he's saying worship him as God. But there's another one that really highlights the point about the time of the end and how this vision we're talking about, the daily sacrifice we've been talking about, and the abomination of desolation. So if we look at Daniel chapter 8, verse 13 
to 19, it really gives a very clear picture. And not only the clear picture of what's going to happen, but it gives the timing. Then I heard one saint speaking, and another saint said unto that certain saint which spake, How long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden underfoot? And he said unto me, Unto two thousand and three hundred days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. So that makes it very clear. This is a vision. You know, we're talking, how long should be the vision? And then they give the time period. How long should be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation, which is covering, you know, the great tribulation period and how the false prophet, you know, they put the uh, image of the beast uh, on the temple ground. So, but that's very clear because it talk that happens, you know, people always say, oh, that's happened, you know, thousands of years ago, it, you know, or it happened uh, during the early church and blah, blah, blah. But it says right here at the time of the end, you know, as we get close to Jesus' second coming and the resurrection and the rapture. So that 2300 days is, is talking about the last, uh, at, at the very end point. And if you break that down, I'll do this very quickly. We know that the Great Tribulation, and read Revelations 11.3. It tells you how many days the Great Tribulation is. Do you have Revelations 11, chapter 3? Yep, got it. It says, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days, clothed in sackcloth. Yes, and using the uh, ancient Jewish lunar calendar, they use 360 days in a year instead of the solar time of uh, 365 and a quarter days a year. So they're using the the biblical time period here, the ancient calendar, the lunar calendar. Also in Revelation 12:6, it says the same thing. It says the woman fled into the wilderness, where she had the place prepared of God that they should feed her a thousand two hundred and three score days or sixty days. So that's mentioned twice. Now in Daniel chapter 12, 11 and verse 11 and 12, it talks about how the wrath of God is for 75 days. This is after Jesus' second coming and the rapture. So there you have a 75-day period. Could you explain more about that 75-day period? How, how do you calculate that? That uh, Revelations eleven three and Revelations uh, chapter 12, verse 6, it tells us that the Great Tribulation is 1,260 days. But in Daniel chapter 12... Verses 11 and 12 gives an extra 75 days after the great tribulation. Now, immediately after the tribulation is Jesus' second coming, resurrection, and rapture. Now, the 75 days more, which is the wrath of God, Christians won't be here on the earth. Revelation 16, you have the seven vials, and these, these are being poured on the people of the world who worship the Antichrist, they worship the image of the beast, and they took the chip implant in their right hand or forehead or whatever technology that will end up to be. So this, we're not here. We're at the marriage supper party and having the great wedding feast. But this is what's going on earth. Does it mean that the marriage supper is going to last for 75 days? Wow. I don't know if the whole marriage supper will last. We know there's a marriage supper. We know we get our rewards. Some people think that 30 days is for the marriage supper, and then the next 45 days will be for the battle of Armageddon. It's suggested theory that the first 30 days is the marriage supper, because it's divided into two there, and then the next 45 days, some say that could be the actual, somewhere in that part, we will come down with Jesus to destroy 
destroy the Antichrist, to destroy the false prophet and the armies of the Antichrist, and we will take over the world uh, with Jesus and run it the way it should have been run. Lighting your path through the end times. You're with Nightlight. Well, Joe, you said that you have enough material on this that we could take up two shows, but we're almost out of time on this show. So anything else you'd like to share? Uh, I would just like to share the uh, last three verses that also talks about the time of the end. Uh, Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, it says uh, Daniel had received all these prophecies. and, And it says, But thou, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. And then verse 8, Daniel saying, And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And verse 9, And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed to the time of the end. So that highlights... Uh, in the time of the end, God is opening, you know, the book of Revelations, opening the prophetic chapters of Daniel so that we understand. Of course, we don't understand everything right now, but so much has been open compared to when you look back to the early church where you had a little bit from Paul, a little bit from Peter, but not like you get today. They didn't have the knowledge of the end time that we have now. It wasn't for them. They weren't going to be here. And they really didn't understand a lot of it. So the reason we got so much now, the book has been open to us in the time of the end, in the book of Daniel and Revelations, is because it's important, because we're living, we're going into these times, we're living in them now, and it's going to get worse. We're going to go into greater end time events. And this is for our encouragement, like you said already. And uh, the other thing, too, it's our job to pass this message, this end-time message to others, as many people as we can. So when these things happen, people will see that what we told them was right. There is a seven-year covenant. There is a rise of a world leader. There is, you know, chip implant 666 technology that's going to be used, and we're going to, they're going to eliminate cash. So it's very important to prepare and to tell other and warn other people about what's going to take place in the future. Yes, and also, Joe, take comfort from these exact time prophecies and many specific prophecies of end-time events that show that whatever's going to happen has been very carefully scripted and planned. God is in complete control, and his overarching plan for humanity, for the world, and the future will unfold and happen just the way that he has planned. So we can take comfort and confidence in that and bravely face the days that are to come, prepare physically as best we can, and most important, prepare spiritually. And it says that they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. The Lord will give us great grace and great power to be overcomers and victors during this 70th week of Daniel, which could kick off anytime soon. This is Chris Glynn saying bye for now. God bless you. I'll be back very soon with another Nightlight Podcast. Bye-bye.